Is where we will be exploring Korean popular culture through books. I'm the host of this podcast, Nina, and I can't wait to talk about books with you. This is the first episode of our Pride season, a season where we will be reading about LGBTQ stories. Just a brief note that I know not all terms are used by all people in this community, so I will be using the words the authors or the translators of the books themselves use to be in line with the writer. I will also use the word queer to refer to this group of people collectively. The book that we are taking down from the bookshelf today is We Can Do Better Than This, 35 Voices on the Future of LGBTQ Plus Rights, edited by Amelia Abraham. This book is an anthology of stories by various queer contributors from all over the world, and the one essay we will be focused on is called Don't Be Afraid to Be the First by Holland. Do you guys know who Holland is? Holland is a rare specimen in the world of K-pop. He's a Korean idol who is openly gay. But let's learn more about Holland a little bit later and talk a bit about the LGBTQ plus communities in Korea. A brief content note that there may be content in this episode regarding homophobia, transphobia, verbal and physical assault, suicide, bullying, and more. In 2019, the OECD stated that the lesbian, gay, and bisexual population of Korea was at about 2.7% of the adult population. It's not clear whether they measured the trans or other queer populations, but an article from East Asia Forum from 2022 states, quote, It is estimated there are around 6,000 transgender people in South Korea, though this is based on the small sample of individuals who have gained legal recognition following a gender reassignment surgery, end quote. Like many large cities, Seoul has districts where people of queer communities gather, such as Jongno and Itaewon. Seoul also holds pride festivities and a parade. These festivities are known as the Seoul Queer Culture Festival, which first began in the year 2000. A student participating in the 2019 celebration was quoted in Vice as saying the following, quote, Normally, queer people hide their sexuality and live in the crowd as if no one knows. However, during the queer parade, All of the people who identify as queer, who were living in hiding, are gathered in the plaza and waving the rainbow to raise their voices and speak out, I am here, look at us, we are LGBTQ, end quote. In the year 2000, the actor and entertainer Hong Sokton, who also goes by Tony Hong, came out as openly gay. He is very distinguishable, as he is bald and often wears glasses. You may have seen him on variety shows, and he also had a cameo on the popular K-drama Itaewon Class. According to the podcast episode he did with the K-pop singer Esna on her podcast Not So Classy, as well as on Showterview, which is hosted by K-pop singer Jessie, when he came out, there was a huge uproar against him. Hong Sok Chun received such a backlash that he was blacklisted from practically all media for about three and a half years. He was completely shunned. He ended up opening several restaurants in Itaewon as a result of having to find another way to earn a living after losing work due to coming out. It's worth noting, too, that Hong Sok-chun was able to make his way back into Korean media when a producer wrote a gay role in a drama and cast him in it, making him the first out gay person playing a gay character in a K-drama. The drama, which came out in 2003, was called Perfect Love. If you watch Hong Sok-chun's interview on Jesse's show interview, you can watch a clip of his character on Perfect Love, and the link will be in my show notes. Recently, Hong Sok Chun spent time with the second gentleman of the United States, Douglas Emhoff, who is married to our vice president, Kamala Harris. 
Holland mentions him in his essay, so that's one reason why I'm mentioning him, as well as his pioneer status as the first openly gay Korean celebrity. As many of you are aware, Korea is socially conservative when it comes to LGBTQ plus rights and acceptance. We have talked many times on this podcast about Confucian patriarchy, on which Korean society has operated for many centuries. And to be sure, here in the United States, some of the acceptance of queer rights that have been won in the past few years are under threat now too. While marriage equality is becoming a reality in other parts of Asia, Taiwan for example, or Japan, which is starting to take small steps to recognize all types of marriage, Korea is not there yet. One particular faction of individuals who very vocally do not support LGBTQ plus rights are certain members of religious groups in Korea. Now, I want to be clear that not all people who are religious, either in Korea or elsewhere, feel this way, nor are all who oppose civil rights for queer people part of any religion at all. Korea has historically had strong patriarchal values and gender expectations, which can be traced back to Korean Confucian patriarchal ideals. But in Korea, it's very common for the loudest voices against queerness to be from those who are very religious, particularly from the large and powerful conservative Christian population in Korea. It's not uncommon, for example, for pride festivities in Korea to be disrupted by religious protesters who object to homosexuality and transgender people. Time magazine states, quote, In 2018, the first queer festival in the port city of Incheon, attendees were jeered and physically attacked by some 1,000 religious protesters. 20 years ago, when Hong, this is Hong Sok Chun, who I just spoke about, came out, Christians staged protests in front of TV stations and demanded he be ousted from the entertainment industry. It was terrifying having to pass through them every time I had to go into the station for work, he tells Time. The broadcasting companies wouldn't work with me because of that, end quote. An article in Nikkei Asia states, quote, Most Christians and conservatives in South Korea believe that homosexuality is a sin and oppose the legalization of homosexuality, said Ko hyung Sok, pastor at the Korea Church and member of the United Denominations of the Korean Church Against Homosexuality, end quote. And a 2017 article from NPR says, quote, Nearly a third of all 50 million Koreans identify as Christian, and they make up a powerful lobby for traditional values, end quote. But it's not just about disrupting a party or raining on someone's parade. These opinions have a major impact on the ability of queer and trans people to live their lives. East Asia Forum states, quote, Discrimination against transgender people in South Korea is commonplace and complicates finding employment, pursuing education, and using public facilities. Some of the most difficult experiences relate to conscription where all males are required to undergo a medical examination to determine their body's suitability for military service, and navigating other areas of society based on binary genders, such as female-only educational institutions, end quote. A tragic and prominent case of discrimination against a trans woman took place in 2019 when former Staff Sergeant Byun Hiso was wrongfully discharged from the Korean military after receiving her gender affirmation surgery. She pleaded to remain in the military and to serve in the female corps, but transgender individuals are prohibited from serving in the South Korean military, so this was rejected. In 2021, she took her own life. Her court case against the military was won posthumously. An article in the Korea Times says, quote, LGBTQ advocacy group in Korea did a survey. Over 9 out of every 10 LGBTQ people, 97%, responded that Korea is not a good country for sexual minorities to live in because they suffer from discrimination and hatred. And what's worse is that state institutions also contribute to spreading the hate, end quote. The Korean government has been trying for years to pass an anti-discrimination law, prohibiting by law the discrimination of someone based on some particular characteristic about them is something that actually has quite a lot of support among most Korean citizens. 
A Korea Herald article states, quote, One survey conducted last year by the National Human Rights Commission of Korea showed nearly 9 in 10 people agreed that an anti-discrimination law should be enacted, end quote. Having an anti-discrimination law would protect not only queer and trans people, but many other marginalized groups as well. We discussed in my Kim Ji-yong Born 1982 episodes the fact that it's quite common for employers to discriminate against women employees of childbearing age because they assume all such women will get married and have kids and be unable to work as diligently as their male counterparts. An article from the Korean Herald states, quote, Examples of discrimination are easily found in South Korean society today. Seven in ten LGBT youths hide their identity at work, with over 40% having experienced a negative attitude towards sexual minorities at work, according to a recent survey by LGBT youth group Daun. There have been multiple reports of xenophobia and discrimination against foreigners during the pandemic, shops refusing to serve foreigners, or municipal governments imposing mandatory COVID-19 testing on all foreign residents. The central government's failure last year to recognize foreigners' vaccinations if they received them abroad also prompted criticism from ambassadors of several countries, end quote. And just to make it clear, because there is no law prohibiting discrimination of any kind in Korea, these types of practices are completely allowed. Again, this is true as of June 2022. This may be different by the time you listen to this podcast. Those who object to queer people's existence and visibility due to religious beliefs think that legitimizing queer populations would infringe on their own rights for freedom of religion, according to a Nikkei Asia article. And they're talking about people in Korea who are against homosexuality due to their beliefs. The same article goes on to say, quote, many conservative Christians believe it would pave the way toward legalization of same-sex marriage. They argue it would unleash a homosexual dictatorship, encourage children to become gay, break the family, spread HIV, bankrupt the state due to associated medical costs, and ultimately collapse society, end quote. This seems like an extremely uninformed view, to say the least, and although an anti-discrimination law may not suddenly make queer communities more accepted in Korea, it may be an important first step. There are political parties working actively to pass the anti-discrimination law in Korea, such as the Justice Party, so there is some hope that such a law could still pass. When the COVID-19 virus came to Korea, the country was praised worldwide for their public health measures in protecting their population from the outbreak. But an outbreak that spread among Itaewon dining and entertainment establishments brought about a new scrutiny of the queer population, who were directly blamed for this outbreak. CBS News interviewed a gay men's rights activist, Jung Gol Lee. Quote, Lee pointed to local media reports using language that fuels bias, articles referring to the dark side of gay bathhouses, for instance, and suggesting such businesses could be COVID incubators. He said such reports unfairly blame the gay community for the outbreak and make it even more challenging to encourage people to get tested for the virus, end quote. However, earlier on in the pandemic, it was various Korean religious groups who were the source of cluster outbreaks of COVID-19 in the country, as some groups chose to defy some of the protective measures adopted by Korea. An NPR article says, quote, Seoul city authorities say the Sarangdae Church failed to provide complete membership lists, prompting police to raid its headquarters. Some members refused to get tested, some questioned the accuracy of the tests, and others fled quarantine after testing positive, end quote. One more recent development is the current presidential administration in Korea. In March 2022, a new president, Yoon Suk-yeol, was elected. Yoon is a conservative leader. NPR reported, quote, Yoon stirred controversy with his pledge to abolish the country's Minister of Gender Equality and Family. 
The platform was seen as angling for the votes of disaffected young male voters who blamed their economic insecurity on feminists and affirmative action for women, end quote. Yoon has not yet abolished the Ministry of Gender Equality and Family, but his stance during his campaign makes it seem like probably he will not support an anti-discrimination law. Hopefully, I'm wrong about that. One of President Yoon's first controversies was when a 2019 Facebook post from his appointee for religious and multicultural affairs, Kim Song-hui, showed that Kim believed that homosexuality was a type of mental disease. In his apology for this older post, Kim seemed to assert that conversion therapy was something that could be done to change people's gayness. Barron's quoted Korean activist's response to this, quote, It has already been confirmed that the so-called conversion therapy is unscientific and goes against international human rights law, campaign group Rainbow Action Against Sexual Minority Discrimination of Korea said in a statement, end quote. Kim has since resigned from his appointment due to the backlash he got for his careless and false remarks. Okay, so now that we've covered some history and societal reactions to queerness in Korea, and to be sure there is way more that could be discussed, let's talk about Holland and his essay in the book, We Can Do Better Than This, 35 Voices on the Future of LGBTQ Plus Rights. Holland is a K-pop idol whose real name is Go Taesop. He selected his stage name, Holland, as a nod to the country. The Netherlands was the first country to legalize same-sex marriage. The Dutch government adopted a bill allowing same-sex marriage back in the year 2000. Holland is often described as being the first K-pop idol, but that's a bit debatable, since there are other performers, such as Marshall, who came out as gay in 2015, Han Sog from Top Dog, who came out as asexual in 2017, Som Hye, who is bisexual, and there was also an entire girl group called Lady, who was made up of trans women in 2005. That being said, Holland rose to prominence when he became the first person to release a music video that featured two men kissing. One of the men was Holland himself, in his music video for the song Neverland. It created quite a stir in Korean media, and not necessarily the good kind. Luckily, Holland had a much better reception outside of Korea from international K-pop fans. His bravery makes him one of the most notable of the LGBTQ plus identifying pop stars in Korea. In fact, Holland included scenes of himself kissing another man in his next video, too, for the song I'm Not Afraid. In the essay Holland penned for this anthology book, he describes the reasoning behind his decision to include these scenes, which caused the videos to be rated 19 plus by Korean broadcasting standards. 19 plus means the content is not suited for people under the age of 19, which doesn't exactly help promote up and coming musicians. The stir that these scenes caused is exactly what Holland wanted to inspire in Korean society. He believes that the conservativeness of Korean society can become more open-minded towards queer people the more that they see such portrayals in media. A CNN article states, quote, Holland decided to include a scene where he kisses a man to prompt audiences to consider why a same-sex kiss deserved an explicit rating when a kiss between a man and a woman wouldn't, end quote. In the essay, Holland also describes how he grappled with his sexuality in his youth. He knew from a young age that he was gay, and the only real representation that he had was Hong Suk Chun. But Holland was born in 1996. He was just a tiny kid when Hong Suk Chun broke down that first barrier, and there weren't many other people after that who Holland could look towards to see someone like him. Holland experienced bullying in school as a result of his identity. Sadly, his teachers did nothing to stop the torment he experienced during that time, even though they all witnessed it, according to what he wrote in the essay. Later, he was a K-pop trainee at a company, though in all of the interviews and other information I looked into about him, I could not determine which company. 
He says that he decided not to debut when it became clear that he could not be an out gay person and also an idol. Interestingly, Holland's own parents were not aware of his gay identity until he embarked on his music career on his own, creating his own company and talking to media about himself. Reading his essay, I was really struck by his tenacity and his bravery. To be one of the only openly gay K-pop idols, or even Korean celebrities, must be so difficult, not to mention somewhat lonely. Holland seems to not yet be adopted into Korean mainstream media the way Hong Seok-chon was, at least not yet. Even younger K-pop stars like Esna and Jessie have not yet given him a platform, but I'm hopeful this will change soon, especially as he gains more prominence abroad and domestically. And just to bring this back to how much anti-discrimination legal protection is needed in Korea, Holland himself was sadly attacked in Itaewon recently, in May of 2022, by someone who made a comment about his sexuality during the assault. Holland posted a picture on his Instagram of scratches on his face left as a result of this attack and reported the incident to the police. In an interview with Billboard, he said, quote, As it says on Instagram, my friend and manager were with me, and this man began cursing at me for being gay. So he tried to get in a fight with me and tried to attack me. My manager was desperately defending me and trying to stop him, but he didn't and continued coming at me. Once I got hit in the face is when I got angry and cursed at him. And then I got hit again, end quote. Regarding malicious commenters who left hateful comments and articles covering the attack, Holland had this to say, quote, Please, swear only at me if you can so that other LGBTQ kids won't be hurt, end quote. The way Holland is willing to take the brunt of the public glare, to take the literal knocks from society just for being visibly himself, is both inspiring and heartbreaking. Because Holland shouldn't have to endure this type of treatment just for being himself. Luckily, Holland continues to thrive. His newest project, a BL, or Boy Love, K-drama called Ocean Likes Me, has just come out. You can watch it on Viki. Although other idols have played LGBT plus roles in dramas, this is probably the first time that an out gay idol has portrayed a gay character in a Korean drama. If you want to help support the queer community in Korea, definitely give this drama a watch so that more content like this and more opportunities for Holland and others like him can come about. As a reminder, you can reach me on social media on Instagram at kpopbookshelfpod and on Twitter at kpopbookshelf. You can also email me at kpopbookshelfpod at gmail.com. Be sure to check my blog to see the sources I used for researching this episode. The links in my bio and show notes will take you there. Special thanks to AO for designing my blog. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about this podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye.